A very warm welcome to This World Game Changers podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards creating a better life and world. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational insights and motivational messages out into the world so others may benefit. Hello listeners and welcome to this World Game Changes podcast day, podcast aid, podcasters episode. <laughs> And angels with dirty faces, and this is the the last one in the uh, the eight chapter series. And we thought we'd call this one "Mastering the Game of Life," because in doing so, there's three people on there. Obviously, myself and Gary. Well, four people actually, if you can count me and Gary. Um, Andrew Andrew Bat, a fellow World Game Changes director, and a lady that's previously done a chapter with me and Gary, Rebecca Will, and we've all been in the Mastering the Game of Life book. So let's skip all the introductions, all the pleasantries, guys. Let's jump straight in. Andrew, Rebecca, Mastering the Game of Life. Gary and I are in your hands. Wonderful. Thank you. Um, I think Rebecca and I have got a few questions that we kind of put together between us. And I think, Rebecca, you're your question one. So if we want to dive in, let's go for it. Yeah, cool. Let's kick it off. Okay, so um, we wanted to ask you guys, for anyone that's experiencing um, or currently uh, experiencing or behaving in similar ways um, that you were both behaving kind of early doors, what advice would you give them, uh, especially if kind of they're feeling like, you know, they're at a point where this is it and they don't have any hope and they feel like they never get out of it? What kind of advice or hope would you offer someone uh, listening right now? If I can start on that, Gary, because I think you and I will come from totally different perspectives on this um, because of what, you know, you've you've read in, in previous chapters or what's been spoke about in previous chapters now, for mine, mine was deeply rooted psychological issues, alcohol addiction, etc. And obviously, Gary's was, you know, around identity and the, you know, the whole kind of um, casual scene, if you will, etc., etc. So what advice would I give? Um, I can remember, and I've shared this with, with all three of you guys separately, those three immortal words that was taught to me by one of the world's great personal development mentors, and they are whatever it is learn to let it go now that sounds simple well it's all right for you to say that paul you know i've just lost my loved one my dog my cat you know whatever the you know the emotional attachment is but i think by having that focal point in our life that we can we can let things go and in so doing we release that negative negative toxic energy that traps us, enslaves us, brings us down, depresses us, et cetera, et cetera. So that's my answer. Gary, I don't know what your take is on this. Oh, yeah. Um, there's uh, there's always light at the end of the tunnel, like I say. Um, I think the older you get, the more mature you get, the more wiser you get. You know, you start off on the wrong path. Some people do, like myself. You know, there's always light at the end of the tunnel. You know, you have your ups and downs. It's a roller, life's a roller coaster. You have to stick with it. You know, um, 
you know, yeah, yeah, you know, things send you backwards sometimes. You know, it might be a death in the family, you might lose your job, you know, you, you might have no money. You know what I mean? But there's, there's always good out there as well. You know what I mean? It, there's always light at the end of the, tu- end of the tunnel. I'd say, you know, just keep 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 on right on to the end of the road. I think you'll find it somewhere along the line, you know, eventually. You know what I mean? We've used that metaphor, Gary, haven't yeah. we? We're in life, you know, like, say, metaphorically, you know, we might be 3-0 down at half-time, you know, because of challenges in our world. But there's always the second half to play play for, you know, and as has been written in one of the previous chapters, as my old grandma used to say, it won't always be dark at six. That's right. You know, there's always light at the end of the tunnel. You know, you mm. keep um, chipping away. You'll get there one day. You know, but it won't. It's, it won't happen overnight. You know, you love. It's two steps forwards, three steps back. But keep, keep, keep on, keep going. You have got good people around. You surround yourself by good, good people, family and friends. You know, that's my way of thinking. Anyway, you know, there's. Like good, so like a good self, Paul as well. You know, you got you're a medical mentor. You know what I mean? Look, look, look for help. You know, if yeah. if, you, if, you, if you're crying, you're crying inside. You know, look, 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 look. You know, don't be afraid. You know, reach out. Look for someone. Look for somebody. Look for some help. You know what I mean? You know, don't be shy. You know, you know, it's out there somewhere. You know, you'll meet the right person one day that'll help you along the along the way. You know what I mean? It might take a while, but you know, keep on, keep on going. And that's been a massive switch for for you and I, Gary, hasn't it? Because when you think back to our younger days, there is no way that you or I would ever have done that, because it would be perceived oh, as weakness. No. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Weakness. You know what I mean? You're always trying to. I don't know. You're always trying to be the top boy. You know, in my day, anyway, you know what I mean. If 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 you go crying to your mates for help or whatever, you sign a weakness, isn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Does that answer your question, you Rebecca? Your, I'd, I'd show you weakness. Was you? You know what I no, mean. No, no. Um, you know, and and then you know, Andrew, uh, Rebecca, the work we've done around Brenny Brown. You know, where she says vulnerability is strength, and it mm. is. But there's this conditioning, this kind of masculine conditioning, this macho conditioning that, you know, and I've said it so many times in this in this Angels with Dirty Faces, these eight chapters, big boys don't cry. And it's conditioning and it's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. Because what I've learned is the real big boys, the real men in life do cry and they're not afraid to show that vulnerability because that is power and strength. Yeah, I think it's better. I think it's a lot better these days. You know, mental health. It, it, it wasn't around in our day. You know, nobody spoke about mental health in our day, but it's out there now, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. You have a mental health day. You know, our company Oakfield they do a lot of mental health tutoring. You know what I mean? It wasn't there. It wasn't there twenty years ago, but it, it, there is. There is. It is out there now. You know what yeah. I mean? So reach out. Yeah. yeah. Great advice. So, yeah, that actually leads quite nicely into the into our next question. Um, so, observing from the side stands, and you mentioned you know a bit of your past. I, I'm sure this is a lot of this has been covered in previous chapters. Um, how there was quite a lot of violence in in both your pasts, and to someone looking from the outside, they they 
they might perceive that you you both thrived on quite destructive lifestyles um but it's quite interesting now knowing you both now that actually you're both the polar opposite of that so and you both seem to operate from a place of of love and compassion for others first rather than this destructive nature that that you seem to have before so we were wondering what kind of tools did you use to switch from what appears one extreme to the other i've got good people around me i always have done you know i woke up and smoked with coffee to be honest with you one day you know it's it's, it's letting people down as well you know if, if it had carried on the lifestyle I had, you know, I'm, I'm letting me, I'm letting my family, my friends down, you know, my girlfriends down, wives down. Now, now I've got a child as well. You can't, you know, it's it's not just about yourself, is it? It's about people around you. You, don't, you. you can't carry on letting people down. You get so many chances in life, you know, and if you carry on, carry on doing what out the path out to. You know, eventually you're just going to run out of friends. You're going to run out. Family's going to turn their back on you. You know, you're going to end up in prison again. You know what I mean? Nobody's going to talk to you either. You know, you've 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 got to get a grip of it one day. Otherwise, you're just going to end up a mental wreck. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, and that's very very true. What Gary says because is you know there again from previous chapters. You know, my path and Gary's path was very different. I've always been a loner, and and I carried that flag on my own. But when the chips were down, I had nobody to turn to, which created like a, a self-fulfilling prophecy, because then it's like the deeper I got down, the more I had to dig in. And I was like, what I was really doing was digging a deeper and deeper and deeper hole for myself. And in the end, I couldn't get out of that hole. And that's why, you know, I've had two suicide attempts and three nervous breakdowns. You know, and even releasing that, you know, I mean, I'm well over it now, well over it and have been for years but that ability to say to the world, you know what, listen, I wear my heart on my sleeve. The world's going to judge you one way or the other. So let's get over that while I'm trying to fit in with the rest of the world. No, fit in with yourself. Fit in with yourself. And some people are going to resonate to you and some aren't. And that's fine. Because, you know, an old wise boy told me years and years and years ago when I thought I knew everything and I actually knew nothing. If you can count on one hand the people that are in the trenches with you when it really matters, you are a very, very, very fortunate man. Very fortunate man. So I'll let you into a little secret. I tried to take my own life once. I swallowed about 25 pills. I was talked to Queen's Medical Centre through good friends, got drunk. I was very depressed after, after my first marriage breakdown and uh, I ended up in the Queen's Medical Centre after about 25 paracetamols. Wow. How'd you survive that, Gary? It, it took a long time. It took a long, long time. It, it was a lot of healing. Uh, like I had good friends around me, you know, that looked after me and got me out of it. I was very depressed at the time. It was about 1997. Uh, I cleared off to America, actually, uh, to see my sister, and I got deported as well from America. So I was at my lowest ebb. My marriage breakdown, went over to America, got deported on, on landing because they had me down as a football hooligan. Uh, FBI interrogated me, sent me back on the same plane, uh, turned around. Uh, my dad dropped me off at Gatwick Airport and 24 hours later he was picking me up at Gatwick Airport. So I was at my lowest ever in my life, to be honest with you. Wow. I didn't know that, Gary. I mean, we've roomed, as you know, 
I, I really massively honour you sharing that. Have you put I've that never, out there before? I've never, no, I've never told anybody. You said you wanted something. To, yeah. To come out yeah. of the closet. Yeah. Out of the closet. Well, wow. that is to come out of the closet. I've never wow. told anybody. There's only probably a, I could count the people on one hand that know about this. Yeah. Wow. And, and isn't that massive to, you know, to kind of release that? Because, you know, there's that thing that we build up in our in our minds, in our shape, you know, about this shame of, oh, that's weakness. People are going to think I'm, I'm weak. You know, I personally, I don't care what people think about my my situation in that. And I don't mean that in an arrogant way, but it's like, but you don't really know what somebody's going through unless you're in their shoes. You really don't. Uh, you know, hence that old saying. Just be careful how you judge people, because tomorrow it could be you. There's a very, very, very thin line in life and a very thin line. Gary, I want to massively honour that. I really do want to honour that. And it's not a tip for tap because we both said that we kind of put something on that's, uh, you know, on the line that's not really out there. Rebecca, you were the very first person I ever shared this with, if you remember. Mm -hmm. So, you know what I'm going to say. Yeah. And we went, Gary, you know Bestwood very well. So Rebecca came over from Brighton a, a few months ago now. And we went up to, you know, where I used to live. And we're talking about, you know, childhood, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's where I used to live and blah, blah, blah. And I just as kind of, and I just come out with it. Yeah, and that's where I had my first sexual assault in that house there. And Rebecca said, what? What did you just say? I said, that's where I was first sexually abused. And that house, the adjacent house over there, that's where, we, with a, with another guy, the other one was with sisters, but this one was with a guy. And and it was just kind of almost, if you remember, Rebecca, I, I, I shared it with you, and it almost in a way like, oh, well, you know, when I go and buy milk, I go to Tesco's. It was that kind of, I don't know, matter of fact, wasn't it, if you remember? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Which was quite sh shocking in a way to hear it said like that. And obviously, you know, uh, it was kind of for you, it must have been something that you've let go of. I mean, I don't know, maybe you can speak about that, but that you've let go of a, a long time ago or or buried down. I don't know. Um, but it no. was, yeah, definitely no. shocking. Well, the litmus test on to see if somebody's still carrying it is listen to the tone and the energy of the his or her voice when they're telling you something the way gary's just recounted that if you notice there was hardly any deep emotion to me that says he's let go of it he's dealt with it in his own world that's the mm. litmus test what energy not the words because people can make words up they can tell lies but the energy the intonation the body language the non-verbal communication that really tells you where a person's worlds are energetically and um you know so yeah, I think there's those two things. Like you said, Gary, we both said we'd put something on the table. And I think it's a very fitting way, not necessarily to be sensational of, you know, these two big things, because in most people's worlds, they are big things in their own right. Massive, both of them. Massive. But I suppose, you know, the reinforcement of sharing those to, to our readers, to our listeners is to say, look, you know, and I've used that metaphor. You might be 4-0 down at half time, but you can still win the second half and end up 5-4 and like Gary says there's always hope surround yourself with good people and do talk don't buckle it up I was very fortunate to have my first girlfriend that uh, 
got me, got me through that period. I'm still good friends with her today. To this very day, she's married, you know, but we're still great mates to this very day. She got me through that, you know, probably a table in a couple of years, actually. And she got me through it. Yeah. So. And I think on that note, Gary, it's worth singling out, you know, yet again, thanks for that kind of intro. You know, I, I want to pay homage to the four amazing women that have been in my life because we talk about angels with dirty faces and some of the shenanigans, you know, and, and the fights and all the silly things that little boys do that, uh, dare I say, Gary and I arguably did to excess. Then, but to have women around you and give you that love and that compassion and, and just won't give up on you, even when you've given up on yourself, that's mm. massive. And I've had four of those amazing, amazing souls in my life that have, have been that. So, yeah, you, you're right what you're saying, Gary. And that speaks really about what Rebecca said, isn't it, about or Andrew, about this language of love. Because there again, from our younger days, we're, guys don't really talk about love. And, they, and we certainly didn't in our day. Yeah. Mm. That's, that's put a somber mood and energy on proceedings. <laughs> Maybe we need well, to lift this. Yeah, yeah, well, that's all right, because ironically, the next question, which I still think you should ask, Rebecca. Yes. Although you've already just both of you very kindly shared that with the listeners and the readers. Um, but I think, think you should read it out because it's quite interesting that it's a question that we we were interested in asking. So I think you should ask that. If there's any more shares, that's fine. But if not, we can then go on to the next question after that. Yeah, so uh, the next question um, we were about to ask, uh, or I'm going to ask now, um, is behind closed doors. So could you share here one thing with, uh, with us that spectators to your story generally don't know about you? So um, obviously you both have just shared something there very deep and vulnerably. Um, uh, so if there is, you know, anything else that you'd like to share in response to that question, um, yeah, please feel free, or if not, we can go to the next one. I think I've just answered that question, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. you know, not at the, the risk of creating a hierarchy of sensationalism, but what Gary's put on the table is, is fairly big in anybody's world. In fact, it's massive, yeah. and I think similar with mine. I think, actually, there's nowhere to go after that. What we don't want to do is kind of create a catalogue of Gary did this, Paul did that, Gary did this, Paul did that. You know, we've put two really big things on the table there. We've shared that vulnerability mm -hmm. each. And from no other point of view is to say to, you know, our readers and our listeners on this podcast that no matter what life throws at you, uh, you know, Gary, Gary framed it perfectly at the top of this conversation. There's always going to be hope, always. And it's, you know, that's about framing the story you tell yourself. And yet again, Gary was right. Surround yourself with good skins, with good people and let it out. Because it's toxic energy, it's badness. If you imagine you keep eating bad apples, you're going to make yourself bad. You're going to poison yourself. It's the same with the words and everything that we do and all these experiences and the story of oh, poor old me. I lived in victim space for years. I created my own illnesses because telling myself a story, why just, you know, poor old me, poor old me. So, yeah, Gary's right. I think we've uh, we've more than answered that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's quite interesting that that was our next question. And actually the conversations very, what felt like very naturally actually went down that route. So yeah, once again, I think, thank you both for sharing that because that's, that's a big deal to do anyway for in anyone's book. 
Yeah, thank you very much. So on to the next question. Um, family, family and community have played large roles in both of your lives. So we were wondering, um, what did it mean to you back in your earlier years? Um, and also, what does it mean to you now? Is there any kind of differences um, in what family meant then and family meant now? Any shifts that have happened? I, I believe that I put my mum and dad through a lot through hell back in my teens, early 20s. You know, I'm hoping now, obviously, my mum and dad aren't very well at the moment. Um, I'm hoping I made them proud at the end of the day, you know. I think I turned it round. I'm hoping I did. I'm, you know, my mum's now in a home with Alzheimer's. My dad's in hospital at the moment as we speak. Uh, he's not the man he used to be. I'm, but I'm hoping, you know, that I did make him proud at the end of the day. You know, I know I was a tear away and a nuisance when I was younger. But I think I turned it round. Hopefully, you know, they can turn around and say, you know, we was proud of him. Um, yeah, I'm sure. I'm absolutely sure that is the case because you know, isn't it true with family generally that no matter what we put them through, it's very, very rare. You know, you might have squabbles and fallouts and arguments, and you know, but it's very rare to break that bond, that family bond. Yeah. Well, family at the end of the day, isn't it? you know. Yeah. You know, you stick for you know, it's blood. You know, you stick through thick and thin. You have your fallouts. You know. I've, and before that's my dad and speak for him six months this year. You know, at the end of the day we made up my sister had a word with me. You know, she said, Yeah, we might regress it one day, you know. So we I put on Olive Blanchard, you know, we're made up. We thank God we made up, you know what I mean? Yeah. Coming to the end of their lives now, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a massive impact on me, you know, when it eventually comes. But uh hey, let's hope we've got a few years left. Yeah, definitely. You remember, Gary, when Cluffy and Taylor split up and there was that big standoff and they never spoke and Peter Taylor died first. That's right. That's and Brian's right. yeah. biggest yeah. regret was we didn't make it up. He's, you know, Cluffy right. said that if I could turn the clock back, the one thing I'd do is, is speak to Peter. Yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased that we did that early on in the year. You know, it was, I'm a stubborn so-and-so. My dad is as well. But uh, thank God we've made it up, you know. Yeah. Thank God. So it's one thing I won't, you know, regret at the end of the day. So it could have easily gone the other way. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so in terms of my own family situation, like I've said time and time and time again, you know, I've very much been a lonely, a loner, a lonely person. Uh, and that's been by my choice. That's been by my choice. But it's interesting. And I've been with a mutual friend of ours today, Gary Gemma, and we've had this quite in-depth chat around, you know, how the winds of change are blowing and how that family unit now has become so, so critical to me. And, and I don't just mean the blood thing either, because, you know, I'd say that three of the people that I class as in my inner circle that are very, very, very close to me in my heart are actually on this conversation now. Now there's no blood connection, but I'd to like me to that's say, family. Yeah, no, when you're talking about Gemma, I'd like to thank Gemma for all the help I've had over the last year or so with my dad as well. You know, if it weren't for Gemma as well, um, what she's done, she's been fantastic to my family over the last year, just over the last year. So you know, full yeah. credit to Gemma as well. 
So yeah, people surround your people like you said, Paul. Surround yourself with good people. Yeah, you know, and and what a woman she is. Yeah, right. and I've got to say from my own experience of life, which has been many, diverse, varied, from top to bottom, left to right. For me personally, that that beautiful love that a woman gives, and I don't necessarily mean in a romantic sense. You know, like with my mother, my grandmother, and yes, the amazing women that four women that have been in my life. That is, that's massive, massive in the world to kind of when the chips are down, keep you going, massive. So that begs a question, Gary. I'm interested. Uh, um, what a great conversation this is. I'm interested. To, you know that old saying, "Blood is thicker than water." Do you believe that? What's your thoughts on that? What was that, Paul? I had a message. I didn't quite catch that. Yeah, blood is thicker than water. Do you believe that? Yeah, I do believe it. Yeah, you know, yeah, of course, of course, I do. You know, I mean, a strange wife at the moment. I've been talking to her today. We're going to get on really well at the moment. You know, I'm still married to her. You know, I mean, we're having one or two issues with my son at the moment. Um, he's getting to he'll be into his teens this Christmas, so I think it's going to be a very important period with him at the moment. Thirteen mm -hmm. on New Year's Eve. That 13 to 17 is going to be massive. And obviously, I, I'm not living with her at the moment. I think it's a big a big uh, void in his life. I, I, I see him most days, but me not being there, I think she's finding it a bit difficult at the moment. You know what I mean? So, but we, you know, we're, we're still married. And she, like you say, blood is thicker than water. So you, stick, you look after your own, don't you? You know what I mean? When the chips are down, I'll still be there. You know what I mean? You do. Same with her, yeah. her as well. You know what I mean? You do, Gary, and I get that, and I buy that, but I want to challenge it in, in a way that, okay, so, you know, yet again, there's three people on this podcast that I would stick by through thick and thin. Now, there's no blood relation be between us, none at all. Oh, no, I, you know, I've got, I, I count my friends on on both hands these days, you know what I mean? Mm. You know, I've got, you know, like, I, I'm not into, like, I mean, crowds and crowds of people around no. me nowadays. You know what I mean? You've got your close associates, you know, that you trust, you know, and like you say, you guys and the people that I knock around with these days, people at Carlton Town, like Mick Gorton, I class as true friends, you know, one of my best pals, Mark Flint, Oakfield Construction. I've got another friend that I've grew up with that I speak to probably every two days. We don't see each other every week. Every couple of weeks, but we, we speak on the phone every couple of days. I've got I've got a couple of I've got a mate in Sheffield that we probably see each other once a year. You know what I mean? But he's always there for me if I need him. You know what I mean? You know that that's true friendship. You know. Oh, I hope when you see the Sheffield boys, Gary, you remind us them that uh, Forrest knocked him out in the semi-finals of the playoffs. I hope you give them that little oh. nudge. Oh yeah, you, yeah, I remember your man, didn't you, Paul? So, yeah. <laughs> good lads, proper proper good lads. Yeah. yeah, but they do need that reminder because I think it's I think it's indicative of all football fans. We've got selective memories. We tend to forget the more painful moments, um, you know, and we we highlight the glory days. So mm -hmm. um, yeah. Next question, Andrew, Rebecca. Well, I was actually just going to tack on to the back of that one because because you you guys have talked an awful lot about family there. But um, there's community as well, and obviously your your communities back in the day, I guess, were your football clubs and your football pals, and 
I'm just interested to see how the or find out how the dynamics changed community wise, how you saw your community inverted commas, or even maybe your again, your extended family, but that community side of things, because I know that you both do a lot of work within the community um, to help as part of the, the good that you're doing. Um, yeah, uh, my community has always been football. That's been my life. I'm still in football now. Obviously, it was gang, gang-related football originally, and uh, <clears throat> we do stuff in the community like Paul does with Carlton Town. Uh, that's my I class. That as my community now. Uh, what I do down there, you know, we, we've got a big game on Saturday. We're doing, we're doing a food bank for uh, Neverfield, Gedling Borough Council. We do a lot of food banks. Oakfield Construction, I work for. Uh, they're doing a big Christmas appeal every year. You know, that's that's the work we do in the community. And I class that as my community. Nottingham's my community. Nottingham Forest is my community. Carlton Town's my community. So, yeah, you know, that's my community these days, trying to help people rather than take, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, and as you know, Andrew and Rebecca, because of the work we've done around the six human needs, what Gary's talking about there meets the highest of the human needs so, you know, for those that don't know, every single human being on this planet, bar none. So it's not a nice, fancy, convenient model that might fit with some people, but not others. This applies to all of us, irrespective of whether we're young, old, black, white, rich, poor, gay, straight, all the labels. It pays no respect to labels, the, the six human needs and that need for certainty, brackets control. We all need that to a certain degree in our world. And the opposite of that is uncertainty or variety. So they're the first two. The next two is the need for significance, knowing that we need to matter. And the opposite of that one is that need for love and connection. Most people settle for connection rather than love because love apparently is painful. It hurts, apparently. So they're the first four. I've just, I've just been out to Pakistan. I just got back this week, as you all know. And I, I was absolutely overwhelmed by the people over there. Absolutely overwhelmed. How nice they were. England cricket team haven't been out there for 17 years. They've, they've had no sort of life over the last few years because of terrorism. And they, they welcomed everyone back. Unbelievable reception. Everywhere we went, absolutely fantastic people. And I'll definitely be going back there. You know, I was yeah. overwhelmed by it all, to be honest with you. I mean, look, look, the country's had floods over the last year. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're at, uh, I don't know, the, the lowest ebb at the moment. And to have the England cricket team visit, you know, the joy on the faces, absolutely amazing. I've never been stopped so many times in the street, people wanting photos with us. Unbelievable. They just wanted photos. They were just so happy to see English people visiting their country yeah. and watching cricket and watching cricket again. Absolutely fantastic. I was overwhelmed by it. Overwhelmed by it. Yeah. So just finishing off those six human needs, we've done the first four. The fifth one is the need for growth. Because if we're not growing, we're standing still. And while ever we're standing still, we're at the mercy of uh, going backwards. And then the biggest human need is the need for contribution, knowing that we're giving, that we're giving. And this kind of, and I mentioned this, not from any kind of scientific or psychology lesson or anything like that, but the power of giving to others. And that's really, Gary, I think, been the consistent thread throughout these chapters, throughout this book, isn't it? About, you know, no matter how the chips have been down for me and you because of our antics, there's always been that something there where, you know, we've given to others. 
yes, we might have created advocate that, you know, paying parallel to it. Um, but at the same time, there was always that giving. And I think what's happened over the years for both of us in different ways, the kind of ratio of, of giving has increased and the ratio of being selfish and taking has decreased. Now, whether that's an age thing or an emotional maturity thing or, or whatever it is. But I think you get fed up with just living in pain and, and living in chaos and, 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 you know, and havoc and all that kind of thing. And I think you do naturally grow up and think, hang on, I don't want this anymore. This is stupid. Do, do you think you could a, a, attach that kind of thought process to the six human needs? Having just gone through that, do you see a, a kind of, you know, that, that attitude that you had before, now knowing what you know with the six human needs, do you think maybe you might have changed your courses sooner or quicker if you knew about that at an earlier age or yes you understood about it? Yes and no. Yes and no. Yes is the bigger answer. And I say the no because it all depends who would have introduced me to it. Now, somebody would have had to got into my heart. The way into a person's mind is into the heart to gain that trust. And I don't say from any manipulative way, because you build that relationship, you share that vulnerability. And then when you've done that and you've got that trust between you at a deep level, then you can share insights. But if some psychologist had sat me down, I don't know how you feel about it, Gary, at an early age and start saying, well, do you know what, Paul, Gary, if you do this, if you just say, do you know what, shut up, leave me alone. I'm not listening. I want to listen no. to that. I, I, I was the same. I, I, I was listening to nobody at the younger age uh, throughout my teens. I was just listening to, to myself, really. I, I was, I, I call it selfishness, probably, you know what I mean? But I was just a, a young lad that just wanted to see the world. Um, uh, I want to listen to anybody. I never listened to my mum and dad, did I? So I want to mm -hmm. listen to anyone else. Exactly. And I think that maturity does come with age. I know that's a cliche, but I think it also comes with that, that leverage of pain and suffering because pain's actually not a bad thing. Pain's a great lever to want to make you to change what isn't good. And it's got no price at all in our lives is suffering. It's got no merits at all. Suffering, nothing. We need to stop it. So, you know, if we get us to a stage with pain, it's like, OK, this is a warning sign. This is something telling me I need to do something about this. And then if we ignore that, I, I've used the example many times before about going to the dentist. Oh, honestly, if I, had a, <coughs> if I had a pound for every time somebody said to me, I've got toothache. And I said, well, go to the dentist then. Oh, no, you don't. I, I don't want to go to the dentist. It's painful. Well, hang on. Is it not painful that you've got toothache? Why don't you just go and have it took out or filled or whatever? Oh, no, no. Better the devil, you know. Better the devil, you know. And I think, Gary, that's been a great metaphor for certainly my younger life and obviously got, getting to know you very closely. Uh, yours as well. You know, we just cracked on with it, didn't we? We just got on with it. Right. I think that kind of ties in nicely to what you were saying earlier on, Paul, that, you know, you got to that place where you got so far that and so much pain, you just go, I've got to change something. And that's that tipping point. And I think you both got to it at, at different stages, I guess. Um, but it's great to see. I mean, I, I like you said, because we know each other, I know the kind of work that you guys do and it, it's just incredible.
and, and most people won't really ever fathom how much you do behind the scenes as well how much good you're doing um so it's uh if people don't know you you're both very worth worth getting to know both of you yeah I, i've just done a, a podcast and i've just been reading all the comments um there's always negativity out there i, I said when i did the podcast people you know, I told my story, you know what I mean? It's basically what I did in my younger days, but there's always there's always somebody going to put you down. You know, there's, there's always non-believers that you can't change, you know what I mean? I, I've, had a, I've read a couple of comments tonight, you know, basically saying I'm not very intelligent and all this. And I, I, let, I rise above it now. I don't, I don't, years ago, I would have been straight back on the internet. You know, I don't even, I don't even reply to these people now, you know what I mean? Mm. You know, they go straight over your head. You know, they don't know what you're doing. They don't know you. They don't know what you do behind the scenes. But, uh, let them get on with it. That's my motto now. Yeah. You know, you, I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Showing that you're still the bigger man, Gary. That's what it is. You're, letting, you're not letting them put you yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah. Just let them get on with it. I've, I've learned to just like let go of me straight in my head nowadays. You know what I mean? Mm. Carry on doing what we're doing, you know. Get more joy, more joy. I'm getting more joy out of life than what they are. Yeah, yeah. it's not worth any of your energy putting, you know, no. To, no. to even respond or think about it, or you know, no, no. their own stuff going on. Really, if, in yeah. a way, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't care anymore. I just get on with what I'm doing. That's that's the way I work now. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Nice. So, um, well, you you two have been on quite a journey, not only in your lives, but doing this book. Um, so it seems apt in, in the kind of uh, final chapter of this particular book to talk about, um, after your journey, what about legacy? Um, I mean, so far, you will have moved through the book share, and this chapter as well, sharing little snippets um, of both your lives. Do you both feel like you're at the stage where you want to be creating legacy um, or, and and if you are, what is the legacy you're creating or what would the legacy be that you'd like to create? That makes sense. I'd like to say when I do leave this planet that people think, you know, it wasn't all that bad at the end of the day. So, you know, (laughs) my first book, it's all about what I did, you know, the, the troubles I got in and all this, you know, and I was a naughty lad, bit of a tear away. Uh, I'd like to leave this planet where people will say, you know, he wasn't that bad, you know. He did his, he did his bit to help there and here and there, you know what I mean? Uh, mm, not a bad legacy, not a bad mm-hmm. legacy. Well, in answer to that question, I mean, you, you guys, you know what my what my legacy is because you've seen the flow from faith poor document that I've recently produced. And that's to positively affect the lives of all 8 billion people on this planet within the next four years. People think I am absolutely off my head and nuts. And that's great. Uh, Like Gary says, you know, in the most loving, respectful way, I really don't care. You know, I'm driving forward in a certain direction, not because my head tells me, but, because I feel really feel doesn't even touch it, but strongly called in that direction. I know why I'm here on this planet and that's it. And that's the path I'm taking. 
amazing people that I'm involved with. Amazing people. Um, you know, that was part of, and Gary, I count Gary in that massively as well, and why we decided to do this book. And hopefully, you know, listeners to this podcast and readers of the book will find some inspiration, some hope. If the, you know, I know it's almost cliche, but there's that one little, if there's just that one thing in there for one person, do you know what, Gary? That made it all worthwhile, didn't it? That's right, mate. That's right. Yeah. If we could turn somebody else's life around, you know what I mean? And it's been all worthwhile with the book. You know, yeah. and I, I want, I want, to, I want to leave leave a legacy for my son. You know, as well. You know, I want him to. When I've gone, I want him to actually be proud of me as well and say, "Look, you know, Dad did more good than harm." Yeah. So. Mm. Yeah. Great legacy from both of you. Yeah, beautiful. Mm. A lot of work for you both, which is good. So you're going to be around for a while. Hopefully, keeping busy. Hopefully, yeah. See, I'd like to create a legacy where Rebecca becomes a forest fan and she ditches this Brighton um, roots, this heritage that she's got with Brighton and Hove Albion. She leaves that all behind and she becomes a born again red. Brackets Nottingham (laughs) Forest. Once she she visits the city ground late, late, uh, well, early doors or later on next year, then I think it might happen. I think so, Interesting. Gary. Yeah. 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 <laughs> interesting. Well, It'll be interesting in April when Brighton come over to Forest. And that, I think that's when your head will get turned. It's, it's, <laughs> you can feel it. It's it's one of them, Gary. You can feel it coming. It's a bit like when Forest are attacking. You know that goal's going to come. And, and that's one of them. And um, so there might be a little bit of an internal struggle in the wheel uh, household with Rebecca's father. Uh, Steve being a Brighton supporter, as you know, you've met him. And yeah, uh, what a lovely man, what a lovely bloke. Yeah, yeah, very much so, very much so. Beautiful people, apart from being Brighton fans. But you know, listen, we've all got a cross to carry. <laughs> just that little niggle. <laughs> just, that, just that little pebble in the shoe. <laughs> so we've got we've got one one final question. There's actually, well, no, there might be, there might be a foot. We've got a footnote as well, so we'll go with this one first. Um, now, I'm sure there'll be lots of football fans that are reading this book, but there might be some non-football fans. So we've we've actually added in the question some football terminology. So hopefully those people pick that up. Um, but this this question revolves around total football. Now, for anyone that doesn't know, it's a concept that any player on the team can fulfil any role as required allowing for a fluid and dynamic approach. You might guess I got that off the internet, but uh, it kind of leads into, so instead of having a total football hall of fame, uh, imagine there's a mastering the game of life hall of fame. So you've both got your big photographs up. Have you looking at your finest? You've got a plaque underneath the photograph and one says Paul Lowe, one says Gary Clark, and they're both followed by mastering the game of life. And then what is dot, dot, dot? How have you mastered the game of life? Or with what have you mastered the game of life? Would you want that to read underneath? Uh, I'd like to, like I answered the previous question, pretty similar, really, um, that uh, I go out, that people think, you know, he did more good than harm, you know? So, you know, this boy wasn't that bad a lad, you know what I mean? So... Underneath okay. my, I could say, you know, 
we know he, he, he was a, a bit of a deteriorated in the past, but I think he, he wasn't all that bad. He, he had a good heart at the end of the day, you know, he wasn't all that bad. So, pretty similar to what I had the question answered before, really. You know, I just hope people think I did more good than harm and I wasn't, I wasn't totally, you know, I did more good than harm, really. Mm. I think that would ring nice. Gary Clark, mastering the game of life. He did more good than harm. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I was, I'm, nice. I've always said I'm, I'm a giver, not a taker. You know, if I can help somebody, I'll help them. You know what I mean? I've always, I've always, that's always been my motto, especially in recent years. You know, mm. if I can help someone out, I'll help them out. Fantastic. Mm. The, uh, I'll offer a humorous insight. So when, you know, at the height of the drinking, you'd be out with the boys and, you know, you'd, you'd play silly games and that. And I used to say, okay, what would be on your epitaph? What would be on your epitaph on your tombstone when you, you know, when you, when you leave that football pitch, pitch of life? And mine was, seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah. It all seemed like a good idea at the time. And then when you sober up or, you know, know you know. you wipe, wipe the blood from your face and you think, mm, maybe it wasn't such a good idea after all. <laughs> I know. I used, to, I used to stay, you know, I used to say, I used to say, like, where did it all go wrong? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when they said that to George Best that time, where, where did it all go wrong, George? When the, the waiter walked into his hotel room and he'd got Miss Wild on his bed, he'd got uh, that, that suitcase cash. full of cash and the keys yeah. to an E-type Jaguar. George, where did it all go wrong? Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I love George Best. What a oh, character. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we and we've spoke about that, Gary. Um, you know, in in earlier chapters as well about iconic. You like to use the word mavericks, but George was a maverick, and 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 not just on the football field. You know, as Cluffy was, they lived the life the way that they wanted to live it. And you know, to quote Sinatra, and I know Sinatra is a great one, has been a great influence in your life. But they did it their way, and and you know, for me, my parting message is: Paul did it his way. But not selfishly, arrogantly, he did it his way for the betterment of others. And I didn't fair. follow the sheep. Fair play. Fair play, mm -hmm. mate. Nice. I'd, I'd say you'd both be mastering the game of life then. Mm. With those two answers. So shall we shall we go for the footnote? We threw in a bit of a random one at the at the end that may or may not resonate. Do you want to go for it? Yeah, whatever. Let's let's wrap yeah. it up nicely. Yeah. Okay. Wrap the, the whole book up, the whole chapter up. So um, we've got a uh, a quote from the Tao Te Ching from chapter eighteen, and it's when family ties are disturbed, devoted children arise. Does that resonate with either or both of you at all? Because when you look at Taoist philosophy, it's very paradoxical. It's very contradictory. And whatever it says about the left hand, it actually relates to in the right hand. And I think that for me, I can relate to that because in and yet again, this has been in one of the chapters around, you know, Tuesday night away. You might be away at, I don't know, wherever Barnsley for, you know, you're getting beat three nil and there's a bit of a shindig outside. And, you know, it's like for me, why am I not at home in the nice, warm, 
family and, you know, love of my woman and all that kind of stuff. So that family thing, you know, despite the, I think you need the dark to appreciate the light. And I think, you know, when you've been through a life that's been colourful, you learn some big lessons. I think it's fair to say, Gary, neither of us would be the spirits that we are today if we hadn't have done what we've done. No, no, that's right. I wouldn't be the man I am today if I hadn't have done what I did back in the day. Like you said, Paul, earlier, I've got no regrets, really. You know, I, I, I won't have the friends around me I've got today if I hadn't gone that, down that road. You know, I've got friends all over the world these days and I class them as, you know, great people. I want to met these people if I hadn't gone down the, down the football route or the... You know the the, the the bad times. You know what I mean. And I, and it brought me. It's brought me good times. So yeah, it's brought me good times. The bad times have brought me back the good times. You know what I mean. It's turned. It's it's gone full circle. <coughs> I've lost you, yeah. Paul. What Gary's just said there is a great one for Taoism. The bad times have given me good times. I mean, isn't that a contradiction? But it's true. It's, that that really, true. it is true. Yeah, yeah. That, the bad times. I've given, I've given me the good times. So if I've had the bad times, you know, I want to be the, the man I am today, and I want to know the people I know today, like your good selves. Mm. So you know. yeah. Well, I think, I think it's quite clear. Obviously, you know, because because we have, uh, we know a bit more about what goes on behind the curtain with you guys nowadays. Um. I think there's an awful lot that you both do that that goes unnoticed by a lot of people. Um, so I think to recognise you both as well, at the amazing work that you do do, I think it's important to have that in this in this chapter as well, just so that you have some of that recognition. I don't think we could do it without the people around us either. Mm. You know, you couldn't do it all yeah. all alone. It's the people that you surround yourself with these days as well. You know, there's a guy I work for called Mark Flynn. The stuff he does in the community is unbelievable. And I couldn't do half, half the stuff I do these days without people, good people around me like Paul, your good selves, Mark Flynn, the Mick Gartons of this world. It'll be impossible to do what we do. So that's why, that's why what Paul said, you surround yourself by good people these days. And we are surrounding yourself with good people. You can't, you can't do half as much as what you're doing. Yeah. yeah, I think there's that inspiration, isn't there? It's almost if you're if you're surrounding yourself with inspirational people, it's like a game of ping pong or table tennis. That's right. You bounce off them. You bounce off them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm very glad you went through the the earlier days to get to what you're doing now, because I think it's incredible work that you're both doing. So, thank you. Um, Thanks, Andrew. Rebecca, I'd just like to say I'm really appreciative of the fact that you was born a Brighton supporter and you went through what you went through to become a Red because you wouldn't <laughs> have appreciated the, you know, being a true Red. It may have been a painful journey for you, but you're getting there, girl. You're getting there. Well, I appreciate all the good work, all, all the hard work you guys are putting in behind the scenes. Uh, yeah, same with you, it. both of you, all of you. Yeah, yeah. Really? You know, and everybody, everybody else involved in this project as well, from America, yeah. you know, yeah. to Brighton, you know, to London, you know, to Nottingham, you know, mm -hmm. everything, everyone that's all the work everyone's doing, and it's all for a good cause. It's all for a good cause. You know, it's going to help grassroots football out. It's going to help 
world chassis. Yeah. World changes, so it's all for a great course. You know, this, yeah, is, this is what it's all yeah. about. This is what it's all about. Trying to help all the people. This is what mm. it's all about. And that feel-good factor we have as individuals and collectively of knowing that we're meeting our highest human need of contribution. And that's massive. So it's not just some nice fancy theory and philosophy. Oh, wouldn't it be great if I was meeting my higher need? You know yourself, Gary, the buzz it gives you, you know, whatever you're doing, Andrew, Rebecca, whatever you're doing, knowing that you're contributing it in whatever way. And it doesn't have to be massive, you know, in whatever small way you're influencing somebody's life. I personally can't think of any better emotion, reward, energy, payback, call it what you want, than that contribution. For me, it does not get any better. That's right. I get I, I get a bigger buzz off helping people and making other people happy these days than uh, having loads of money in my pocket. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you very much for answering all of our questions. And hopefully that wasn't too much of a spotlight and no. too much of a grilling. No, we enjoyed it. It's very good. Yeah, thank you but, for your vulnerability and sharing, yeah. you know, with an open heart. And, um, yeah, I really appreciate that and honour that. And, uh, yeah, it's been a, a great conversation, I think, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, Gary, I suppose yeah. that... You know, just to close out between you and I now, obviously, as the, you know, the two main characters in these eight chapters of this, uh, not just the podcast, but of the eight chapters in the Angels with Dirty Faces book. You know, how have you felt the process? It's, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but it's been a it's been a, to use a Rebeccaism. Uh, it's been an interesting one, but it's been so much more than interesting. That's your buzzword, by the way, Rebecca. Interesting. Oh <laughs> yeah, um, but how how has it been for you? Know I feel like it's how was it for you? Um, how's it been, Gary? Knowing that we've we've co-created this, what I think is an amazing book called Angels with Dirty Faces. What's the process? Any thoughts about that? It's been fun doing it. It's been really, really fun. You know, the, the, we've done what seven podcasts, and they've all flowed, and it's been it, it's been it's been nice chatting. You know, we've gone through the past and the present, you know, and the future. Uh, I've enjoyed it. It's been good talking to everybody, and everyone's been involved in it. It's, it's been it's been good chatting. Yeah, yeah, I've enjoyed yeah. it. But it's been fun to do. It's been fun to do. I met uh, some new people on these podcasts as well. Really nice people. Yeah. You know, friendly. I've enjoyed it. It's been fun to do. And it's all for, like I say, it's all for a good cause. So is that you know, what can't what can't you enjoy about that? <laughs> exactly it's all leaders they say that all roads lead to rome but i think in this context all roads have led to contribution and it's probably a good place to leave it there and uh just leave it there and sign off listeners the way that we always do on these podcasts on these mass uh, i was gonna say mastering the game of life podcasts on these world game changes podcasts by saying remember the game's changing and ask yourself how will you respond Thanks very much for listening to this World Game Changers podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at worldgamechangers.org with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the world's changing. How will you respond? <laughs>